0: Live from Southern California. This is the Jim Rome Show.
1: Now I've learned a ton through the first fifty-two episodes of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Yeah, it sounds like another shill for another one of my podcasts. It's because it is. However, I've learned a lot doing that podcast. You know, it's the side hustle to my side hustle, my passion project podcast. But one of the things that nearly every single guest on that program has said to me in one form or another is the need to bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. This is what winners do. This is what successful people do. And most importantly, this is what Aaron Judge did. I'm not sure there's ever been a better or more pure example of betting on yourself than what this guy did. In fact, I'm pretty certain there hasn't. I'm pretty certain that Aaron Judge just set the bar and the standard for what it means to bet on yourself and then hit the bleeping jackpot. I mean, this dude did tell the Yankees to take their absurd, lowball, cheap ass, frankly, offensive extension offer and shove it. And then six months later, he is sitting on 60 home runs. Here's the 3-1. Swung on that. Dri- there it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. He's
0: tied the babe. It's a judge and blast.
1: His 60th home run of the year. Wow. All right. There comes the Judge. I mean I'm totally serious when I say this. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh my goodness. Of all goodness the dramatic gracious, things of all the dramatic things I've ever seen. Roger I mean tell me what's more fitting than that. That's perfect. Oh my goodness gracious oh, my of good, all the dramatic things I've ever all seen. The dramatic things I've ever seen. He tied the ball the babe 60. Oh my goodness gracious. Of all the dramatic things, he tied the babe at 60. You might as well add another 60 mil to that contract offer, too. I'm telling you, I think everybody has to admit judge blasting number 60 in a left field at Yankee Stadium to tie the babe is a pretty freaking epic thing. I mean, in a vacuum, on its face, if you're a Yankee fan... Or even the biggest Yankee hater. How can you not recognize how amazing that is? It's incredible. And that's before you even consider that it kicked off a Yankee comeback from four runs down in the bottom of the ninth. So once again, not only is he doing this in a contract year, not only is he doing this after they lowballed him, but almost every single one of those bombs counts and matters and helps them. He's the reason they are where they are. And by the end of the night, he didn't just have—this is the incredible thing about this guy—he didn't just have 60. He also had the American League lead in all three Triple Crown categories. You want to bleep you to the organization? You imagine lowballing a guy only to see him go out and win the Triple Crown? It's incredible. He currently leads the American League— In-home runs, batting average, RBI, runs, total bases, walks, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, OPS, wins above replacement. I'm sure there's more, but I've got to stop somewhere. But you get the point, right? The dude essentially leads the league in everything. I mean, we are so far beyond the point where I don't understand why anybody still throws this guy anything to hit ever. But seriously, why are any of you pitching to this guy at all? Don't get me wrong. I'm glad all these teams are this stupid because the home run chase is pretty mesmerizing, but I'm still confused as to why this guy ever gets even a single pitch to hit. Not only is he literally having one of the best seasons in the long history of the sport, he is on an all-time September heater right now. Check these numbers. Dude's batting 4.75 this month. With nine bombs, his on-base percentage this month is 5.73. Hell, the babe himself would be peeing down his leg at the sight of those fat numbers. It's ludicrous, honestly. The only thing more absurd than this dude's heater and the one he's on is the fact that the people keep throwing him anything to hit. I mean, if the guy can see it, he's going to turn it around. If the guy can see it, he's going to square it up. And why? Again, I have no idea why. I'm just thankful they are that stupid. Another thing I do not understand. How the hell the Yankee brass botched this dude's contract so epically? Yes, we've talked about it, but we have not talked about it enough because this guy is still coming out of his cleats and turning everything around 600 feet. How do you not take care of this guy? What more do this guy have to prove? Why now are you fiscally responsible? It's not like this dude wasn't already the consummate Yankee. Homegrown, class act, no drama, incredibly consistent. And yet, somehow, some way, House Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman decided to offer this dude. And this I can never get my head around. They decided to offer this cat nearly 130 mil less than the little bro that the Mets offered Francisco Lindor. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Aaron Judge is really tall, and, and those guys don't age well. That contract won't age well. He's like eight foot seven. Yeah, okay. Think about how absurd that is to quote another New York City icon, because they're just falling out of the trees today. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And neither does, I'll tell you what really, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You wanna know something that really doesn't make any sense? Their explanation that they quote, offered him The highest position player contract in the history of the Yankees. And don't you come at me with, yeah, Rome, you've already said that. You know, I'm going to keep saying that. Because that is one of the most offensive things ever. Yeah, but we offered him the highest contract of any position player in the history of the Yankees. And? So what? Not only does that not make any sense. That doesn't mean a damn thing. You're not negotiating with Yankee history. You're negotiating with A, (laughs) the current market, and B, a current Yankee icon. It is such a BS excuse because the reality is they didn't even offer him more than they offered a teammate. You know, the teammate who responded like this when asked if he has ever cheated.
2: Um, I don't... I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know quite, I don't quite know how to answer that to be honest. Um, I mean, there Global are customs warming. and practices that have been passed Kirstie down Alley. from older players to younger players from the last generation of players Global to this generation warming. of players. And, um,
1: Kirstie Alley, you
2: know, I, I think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and, uh, Spit it out, stood dude.
1: Pretty,
2: stood pretty firm in, in terms of
1: everything. Yeah, and because he's done so well since he got caught. That guy got nine years and 324 mil. As in over 100 mil more than they put on the table for Judge this off season. So he just showed the very best example ever of betting on yourself. And the Yankees just showed the very best example ever of being dumb and cheap and having it come back to bite you in the ass. As I mentioned, why now? Why now is the time to be fiscally responsible? you imagine the Yankee brass cringing through every last one of those 60 bombs this year? I can only hope they cringe a few more times. Oh, and maybe they should take a hint on how much their star means to a Yankee fan, right? How about that 20-year-old Yankee fan who snagged number 60, which could be worth up to an estimated half a mil or more? And do you know what that guy did, this 20-year-old? He handed the ball back to the Yankees and Judge, Because unlike the Yankee brass, this young man gets it. If you may judge, what would you say to him? I don't know. I just try anything to come back next year. Help the heart and soul of the ball club.
2: Wait, wait. <laughs> before you go, do you have any expectations about catching the ball and receiving something in return? No, just wanted to give him give him back his, that test story. So, anyway, I could give back to Judge. Give him so much to the organization. Just do my part.
1: I uh, I mean, let me ask you, because I know what some of you were thinking. In fact, I know what all of you are thinking. Is that not the best guy ever? Or is that the dumbest guy ever? And can you be both? I mean, that guy just cost himself probably half a mil. But what a legend. What a class act. He's like, I just, to paraphrase, I love Aaron Judge. I, I just want to thank him for everything he's done for this organization. Yeah, dude, but you're not a part of the organization. You're a 20-year-old guy holding a lottery ticket. The organization should be thanking the guy for everything he's done for the organization. Not the 20-year-old rando who showed up at a baseball game and, punt, and somebody put a lottery ticket in his hand. So you tell me, is that the best guy ever or the dumbest guy ever or both? And I, I just, I can't imagine this guy giving the ball back because he wants to thank Aaron for everything he did for the organization when he's not a part of the organization. And then the organization won't do a damn thing to thank him for what he's done for the organization. Given
2: so much to the organization.
1: Yeah, but not to you, Broham. You You were sitting on your retirement plan. You were sitting on your kid's college education. You are a legend or pretty dumb, depending on your point of view. I I could argue either side, honestly. I just know that a jersey and a few tickets is not going to make up for that. But then again, how do you not love that? A 20-year-old fan who gets it more than the organization does. My man, one word of advice. Next time you snag a historic home run in Yankee Stadium, and who's to say there ever will be a next time? I mean, that was a moment in time, broham. Next time? Especially if the organization is going to treat that guy that way. Why should you treat him any differently? I mean, doing the right thing is never the wrong thing. You can quote me on that. I just made that up. Doing the right thing is never the wrong thing. But my man, next time, the right thing is to hold that son-of-a-bitch ransom. And you start that negotiation with those cheap-ass Yankees at a cool mill. And season tickets for life. You play hardball with those clowns because they play hardball with your hero, Aaron Judge. And Judge worked them. You know, I'm trying to, like personalize this what if it were me what if it were my family what if it were one of my boys what if it was jake what if it was logan what if logan caught that ball i'd be so proud about how selfless he is how dodger jano and i raised such a great young man who thinks of others more than himself and then when he returned home from that game I'd make damn sure that everything he owned was packed up in a box by the door. Uh, Dad, why is all my stuff empty and all of it in boxes on a U-Haul truck? Well, I don't want to give a mixed message here, Rogues. Rogues. I am extremely proud of what you did. Having said that, do not let that door hit you in the ass on your way out. Go live with Uncle Aaron. I mean, again, how screwed are the Yankees? You imagine now they've got to sit down with this guy and lie to him and tell him how much they mean he means to them. And they've got to sit down and hand him a blank check, which is not gonna be enough, right? Can you imagine how that boardroom meeting is gonna look? Cash slides over a blank check. Judge's agent looks at the blank check, shows it to Aaron. They both laugh their asses off. (laughs) Cash is like Aaron. I I could see how you might be a little put off. You know what, my man? Big dude, write whatever amount you want on that piece of paper. And he's just going to go, Cash, you know what? Still not enough. A blank check's not enough. The agent will say, First off, Mr. Judge would like Yankee Stadium to be changed to Judge Field. In fact, Change everything. Now, going forward, you are the New York judges. Here comes the judges. Judges. In pinstripes. I mean, damn, Yankee fan, giving that ball back for peanuts. I mean, I started off thinking you were the best guy in the history of the world. And now I'm thinking, well, not that. Stupid idiot. Like, why are you going to be that great of a guy when the organization doesn't treat that guy with that kind of respect. Yeah, I know. You're better than the organization. But what's that going to get you? I hate to be this guy. I hate to be this. Wait for it. Here comes a big word. Venal. Look it up. That guy just left a half a mil on the table. Just like the Yankees cost themselves probably a quarter of a bill. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, JT is strong. All right, so you know it's big if in the middle of football season and we are leading with that midweek. Judge is incredible. You know the sixty is a big, big number, and so is a half mil. But sixty is a big, big number. And honestly, my favorite thing about it, not only did, not only is my favorite thing that he jammed it up their backside. My favorite thing is just the way the guy's done it. The way he carries himself, like all class, all class. No drama, no dignity, no revenge tour. The consummate Yankee pro. Homegrown, wants to be there, putting up numbers. And when it looked like the entire season was going to hell, he kept it all together for him. And now this. And even the fans get it. The kid gave back the ball. Given so much to the organization. (laughs) What a line. You imagine? Why is it not Cash saying that? Why is it not Randy Levine saying that? Why is it not Hal saying that? It's some Rando talking about how much he's given back to the organization. Get back to Judge. You know what the biggest Thanks question so of all is? Why the hell do I care so much? Why is this pissing me off? What do I care? I'm Dodger Jim. I'm married to Dodger Jano. Hey, are you craving some protein after a good workout? I always am. Listen, this time, don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? We are joined by the head football coach of Pittsburgh. 55-38 and 38 overall in eight seasons there. ACC champs this past season. They are 2-1. and one. They won 34-13 at Western Michigan last week. They are hosting Rhode Island Saturday. Pat Narduzzi is my guest. Pat it is great to have you back on the show. First things first, Pat. How are you personally and overall? How are you feeling about that team as you get ready to take on Rhode Island Saturday?
0: I appreciate, it, Jim. I'm doing great. It, you know, it gets me cranked up to you know, welcome to the jungle, Jim Rome show, the whole deal. I'm excited. Uh, everything's great here in Pittsburgh. I wish we were three and zero instead of two and one. You know, had had some quarterbacks get banged up against uh, Tennessee and. Um, you know, I think it would have been a different story had, you know, our start of it in there the whole game. But um, that's how the the ball rolls sometimes. But um, I think we got a good football team here. And I'm uh, looking forward to watching our guys compete this weekend. And then the following weekend, get into the ACC.
1: See, that's the Pat Narduzzi energy and intensity that I know. You talked about your quarterbacks being banged up, so why don't we start right there, if you don't mind. You know, as you know, I'm here in Southern California, so I've seen quite a bit of quarterback Keaton Slovis, and when he put up big numbers at USC, he did get hurt. He missed that Western Michigan game, as did his backup Nick Patty. So how pleased were you with the way your redshirt freshman, Nate Yarnell, handled himself in his first game, Pat, of organized ball in about three years?
0: Yeah, it's his first organized game in three years. It's the first time he would actually run our offense ever. Um, he was a guy, <laughs> Jim, you know, reading scout cards. You know, I mean, he was running it, you know, Tennessee's offense, West Virginia's offense for two weeks prior to the opener, and uh, so he's our scout quarterback and you know, was thrown into the starting duties last week and had to compete to win it as well. Um, you know, he's just a kind of a, you know, kind of just a relaxed, calm character and. Uh, I was really, really impressed with the way he he handled the whole thing, and uh, we didn 't keep it that simple. I mean, he had a lot of run checks that we had to take care of we didn 't go in thinking we were going to throw it fifty times we didn 't want to do that to him or the team and uh, you know, we managed the game great as a staff and um, you know, so credit to the offense staff of a great game plan and, and uh, he executed
1: it. I was going to say, credit to all of that and credit to the kid for handling himself the way he did. It's amazing. You know, you discussed it previously, Pat, but for those who do not know the story about Yarnell, he missed his entire senior season in high school due to injury. What happened to him, and then what led you and your staff to recruit him?
0: Yeah, we, you know, obviously, well, you know, nowadays, most kids, if they don't play the senior year, they're still recruited and offered and, and committed. Um, but, you know, you're recruiting guys off of junior tape. So he was committed to us even before he stepped into his senior year. Um, so he, he had hurt a thumb. Okay. Um, he's a tough guy. Uh, he's a competitor, obviously he's smart, uh, but he wasn't smart enough not to get in a fight with a linebacker at practice. <laughs> so that's how he hurt his thumb. Right. Um, so that cost him, his, you know, most of his senior year. So, uh, <laughs> um, so we got a linebacker type you know, personality playing quarterback for
1: us. I was gonna. I'm kind of laughing. It's not funny. Like, not smart enough not to get into a fight with a linebacker, but tough enough to get into a fight with a linebacker. So you probably like that part of it.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I don't know. You know, I never found out did he win or lose either. I don't know if I ever asked that question. I was worried about his darn thumb. I wasn't worried about whether he won or lost. I got to go ask that question here when I see him tomorrow morning for
1: practice. Yeah, let's find that out too. Pat Narduzzi is joining us. So, Pat, what about Slovis? He was clear to play last week. You held him out. I don't suspect you're going to tell me who's going to start against Rhode Island. But is Slovis back to 100% yet? And have you made the decision internally who's going to get the start Saturday?
0: Yeah, Slovis is ready to go. Um, again, he could have gone last week. I just, you know, I, it was just too soon for me. I just wanted to make sure it was healthy. I, what I didn't want to do, Jim, and again, the trainers and doctors cleared him, is, is having come back so soon that, you know, we got nicked up again. I said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to tough this one out. We're going to go up there, win on the road. Um, with some adversity, I want to see how our guys react to it, and uh, they did a hell of a job. So I prepared our team. I, even though you know he's cleared on Tuesday, you know first team meeting of the week, um, you know our first practice of the week is Tuesday. I said, "Listen, we're going with our third team guy that stays in here, our fourth team guy, whatever you want to call him. We're not playing with our starter or backup, and you know we're gonna we're gonna figure it out, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna deal with it." So that's kind of that's kind of what we did.
1: Straight up. Nothing makes me happier than that sound. That is Shopify's new sale sound. It is incredible. The sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. I mean... How many reasons are there to love Shopify? How about this? Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business only. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. You know this if you own a business. Scaling that business is a journey of endless possibility. I know this. I feel like I own a small business, this podcast. I know where we started. I know where we are right now. And I know where I still want to go. Success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. And nobody understands that better than Shopify. I love, for instance, how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe and like mine shopify powers over millions of businesses from first sale to full scale more than a store shopify grows with you this is possibility powered by shopify what you want to do is go to shopify.com/rome all lowercase R-O-M-E for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com R-O-M-E all lowercase and do it right now. Shopify.com Rome. Pat Narduzzi is my guest. So Pat, what about Slovis? What has he brought to your team both on and off the field since he transferred in?
0: Yeah, he's a great quarterback. You know, I really do compare him to a uh, to a Kenny Pickett type guy. Um, you know, the difference between him and Kenny is he's got more patience in the pocket. And sometimes, you know, nowadays, Kenny would have taken off running and not got hit. He, he's, he's got, you know, a lot of, you know, I guess it's courage in the pocket. He's going to hang in there and take a hit and throw the ball. Um, so that's what I love about him. Um, but at times you've got to get out of there and, and save yourself sometimes. Um, and he's got to do a better job with the protections to making sure that it gets turned. Uh, to help him out when he sees it, if the offensive line doesn't do that, so I, I, I love him. I think he's a great uh, competitor. I think he's a great leader. I think he's very accurate, like Kenny was, uh, and he's got he's got NFL ability.
1: All right, so Pat, since you mentioned Pickett, it's not your situation. You've got plenty of on your on your own plate. You got plenty to worry about with your own program, but you got to be watching Pickett from afar. Do you think? And I'm not asking you to say anything. Uh, negative about Mitch Trubisky, but just in a vacuum, do you think Pickett is ready to play and start in the NFL right now, or would that be too much too soon?
0: You know, and I, I know Kenny, and you know, and I've watched. You know, I haven't seen a game. You know, I haven't seen one play in the last two weeks. I don't have time to watch Sunday football, unfortunately. But I was fortunate enough to take the whole team to see a, uh, the first preseason game, and and he looked like a million dollars. I don't think there's any question he's ready um you know I, I think they're looking for some maturity right now and, and and seeing how things go but uh you know mitch is a great quarterback and, and he'll be fine and uh um, and again kenny's going to be fine when he's ready he, he's ready when they say kenny it's your turn and um and again his opportunity will come at some point uh you know how this game is played just like nate yarnell's time came uh when he's ready you know uh, i think everybody will see that uh that he'll, he'll embrace that and, uh, and do a nice job for
1: him. Appreciate your thoughts there, Pat. You're looking ahead to Rhode Island, but I want ask you to take one look back. That emotional win over West Virginia in a tremendous game to start the year, what a wild finish that was. And that marked the return of the backyard brawl in front of 70,000 fans, which set a record for largest attendance in Pittsburgh sports history. You've been around the game your entire life. You're a coach's son. But have you ever experienced a better atmosphere than the one you had versus West Virginia?
0: It was really darn good. I've seen a few of them, but, uh, you know, I'd say it's in the top five for sure. Uh, Our our, uh, Panther Pit did a heck of a job, you know, our student section. Um, You know, it's amazing. I've seen a lot of, you know, student sections, but that's got to be one of the top I've ever seen. Just student sections, uh, you know, especially for, you know, school that has you know, probably 17,000 undergrads. You know, I think we had, you know, 16,999 that came. I think there was one person didn't show up, so I'm not sure who it was, but I'm going to try to, you know, track track that that guy or that gal down.
1: (laughs) You got to, Pat. Now, you played linebacker in college at Rhode Island, then you went back to your alma mater to serve as an assistant coach. I know every summer you like to go back there on vacation, all of that. So how gratifying is it to schedule this matchup with Rhode Island, which gives your team a solid non-conference test and it gives the Rams some much-needed national exposure?
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's you know I've got a lot of calls here in the last you know probably two months of people coming up for you know the game and you know and Jim you know they they got to understand I'm still a competitor I'm not giving out free tickets for you to come watch your team you know that you want you can't root against us right so you know as much as I'd like to give them a free ticket they are getting free tickets they're gonna pay for their own tickets but it's it's awful nice for them to to schedule us and us to schedule them you know brings them in here bring back some old memories and you know again you know I think you know as a coach, you never forget where you came from. And again, I learned a lot from Bob Griffin as, as a player under Bob Griffin, the old head coach there and, and his entire staff and, and then coaching there, you know, so I know where they come from and it's a good football program. And, um, you know, you know, I give back to the university, uh, in the off season and, and, um, in a, yeah, it's just something that uh, is good to give to him during the season as well.
1: Yeah, Pat, I don't think anybody's going to question whether or not you're still a competitor. In fact, when you played there, you played. In fact, let me ask it this way: as a coach's son, and you were always that intense, always that driven. What were you like as a player? How would you, knowing what you know now as a coach, how would you evaluate yourself as a player?
0: You know, I was I, I was a you know coach's kid, so I was probably just a slow guy that. Uh, that made plays because I knew where I was supposed to go and, and knew what the other team was doing. I uh, studied a lot of videotape, um, and, um, you know, I was a, I was a good one A football player.
1: Hey, Pat, I think you're being humble, but I get it. Not only did you study a lot of videotape, the story goes you actually had an 8-millimeter projector in your dorm room. Is that true? And where <laughs> did you get that? And did any of your teammates roll like that?
0: Yeah, none of my teammates rolled like that. Only a coach's kid could get a camera like that, you know. Um, so we had extra ones, you know. We always had one at the house. You know, My dad used to be on Sunday mornings when he's head coach at Youngstown State, would have the staff over for donuts and coffee and breakfast at our house, and they would sit in the living room and have that thing projected on the living room wall and, you know, just kind of in a relaxing, different atmosphere. Um, so my dad could be home with his family but didn't get his work done. So uh, we always had one around, and I just kind of snuck that one uh into my dorm room so I had some stuff that you know, every night before I left the the, the the coach's office at Rhode Island I'd grab a you know grab one reel and I'd watch it that night and then the next day get another one
1: probably was the best time ever it was preordained there was no way you were not going to be a coach he is that football coach of Pittsburgh 55 and 38 as I mentioned they're two and one they're coming off that win over Western Michigan and another big one against Rhode Island on Saturday Pat always appreciate the energy appreciate the friendship and always good to have you on the show Pat good luck
0: Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you having me on and hail to pit.
1: You got it. Hail to pit. Hail to pit. Pat Narduzzi, intense and competitive. And as always doing a great, great job at Pittsburgh. So I've got a question for you guys. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Well, Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers... 48 hour sweat and odor protection i said 48 hours generally if something seems too good to be true it is but not in this case dove men dry spray feels light and clean on your skin and it's quick and it's easy to use especially when you're on the move also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it does protect it. You want that. You need that. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. Chase Bryce joins me right now. Chase, great to have you on the show. How are you? Hey. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me. I'm Chase, doing well. great to have you. Again, good to hear you're doing well. Hey, listen, I know you and your teammates, Chase, have already moved on to James Madison. But the rest of us really haven't quite yet because of that buzz and that Hail Mary pass on Saturday. It's kind of jumped the day. It's jumped in midweek. It's the miracle on the mountain. Like, had you ever thrown a Hail Mary for a touchdown in your career on any level? And then what was going through your mind while that ball was in the air?
2: Um. <laughs> oh. No, I haven't. Not that I can remember. It uh, had to be my situation to throw a Homer, uh, to win the game. Um, but in the moment when I let it go, I'm like, man, it's, it's going to be kind of short. I threw it really, really high. Uh, we weren't quite down there yet, my receivers. So it was kind of the perfect storm. Um, the ball landed about where everybody settled and, uh, I saw the tip and I saw the, the catch and I'm, I'm like, man, there's nobody there, there's nobody there, and we score, and, man, I didn't know what to do with my hands, to be honest. I didn't know what was happening. I was, you know, didn't care. I didn't think there was a flag, but it was too late. Everybody rushed the field, and it was an
1: awesome, awesome, uh awesome play that is an awesome explanation for an awesome play one more thought about that like i've got a ton of respect for your coach sean clark i had a conversation with him in fact last week after the game he said that you guys practiced the hail mary all the way down to the ball being tipped in the air around the five yard line i mean how effectively can you practice something like that and did those reps in practice help you or prepare you in any way for that moment saturday
2: right um we do we practice it all the time um you know, most of our situational uh plays and situations for those situational plays have popped up in three weeks in a row. It's uh it's crazy. But you know, the goal of that is to hit the ball uh throw the ball about, about four yards into the end zone. Um obviously I was a little bit short, but giving them a chance, um, you know, our guys can go make a play and, and that's what happened. But uh yeah, I mean it was just one of those things that that practices um, make perfect, I guess. I mean, because that was the perfect way to end the game, uh, what we needed to happen. And uh, usually I'd roll out to my right, but I couldn't. They had two guys off the edge there. And, you know, my goal was just to make sure I get this ball off.
1: App State quarterback Chase Bryce is joining us. You know, you mentioned the three weeks. And I'm going to ask you about that in their totality. One more thing about it. It was such a great moment. You know, your work actually was not done after you made that unbelievable throw. There's video of you recognizing the fans storming onto the field, and you head right to the sidelines to make sure the students make it down from the stands to ensure that everybody gets down there safety or safely without getting hurt. I'm curious about that. Like, did your instincts just kick in? What made you do that? Because I think most players in your position would be focused celebrating on their teammates and I could understand that
2: yeah you know I'm a per- personable guy uh I care about people I love people um and in the moment uh I'm running around um I didn't know what to do but I saw people hopping down and it's a little bit further it's a little bit steeper than I think they expected and uh you know people are getting pushed from behind there's there's just a lot of chaos going on, and in the moment, I'm just like, okay, I saw three people fall already. Um, I just want to make sure that they're at least getting down safely. You know, people got boots on or heels or, or wedges, like, um, didn't want anybody to break an ankle or hurt themselves, obviously, so in that moment, I just wanted to to be there to help. Um, you know, maybe somebody else will notice that and do the same thing to help their friend down or just random people uh, because... It was a mad, uh, mad chaos out on the field.
1: My oh, man. Leading from the front, Chase Bryce joining us. So what about those three weeks? I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how you go about describing something like that. Like, you score six touchdowns and 40 points in the fourth quarter, only to lose that Thriller. 63-61 to 61 to North Carolina. You follow that up with that amazing upset over Texas A&M. Then the Hail Mary win. Like, I would say it's a roller coaster, but I don't think that would accurately describe what you and your teammates have already experienced. You're right in the middle of it. How would you describe what the season's been like so far?
2: It's uh, I mean, roller coaster would, would be a good word to put it. I mean, we faced a lot of adversity already. Um, losing a heartbreaker and then bouncing back and winning our second game. Um you know it could have been an 0 and two look could have been 0 and three look uh you know how would we respond to that um but you know luckily we're we're two and one we've got a lot of confidence um and uh I think it's obvious that we don't lose faith in a game uh we got a lot of faith in our coaches my teammates um we show a lot of we play with a lot of passion a lot of emotion and uh you know <laughs> we 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 became a lot closer team from July, August, through, you know, here we are in September. Um, you know, we're just going to continue to build on that.
1: Oh, I can't wait to get to this. Let me talk to you for a minute about the Conair Turbo Extreme Steam Steam and Iron 2-in-1. Or as I like to refer to it as, the Conair Turbo Extreme Steam. I love this product so much. It is the most powerful handheld steamer I have ever seen. What that means is you get fast and easy wrinkle removal. Look, I want to look sharp. I want to look buttoned up. I hate wrinkles. But I no longer have to worry about that because of the extra-large sole plate, which can be used in vertical or horizontal action. It also works without steam as a dry iron. I'm talking serious technology. Advanced heat technology is ready almost instantly, and it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam. Four settings for delicate to turbo is perfect for all fabrics, and it kills 99.9% of bacteria, and it sanitizes around the house, and it refreshes clothing. It is easy to use. It is great for at home or on the go. To get yours today, go to Amazon and search... Conair Turbo Extreme Steam, and look for the Steam and Iron 2-in-1. I can only imagine also, Chase, when you win games like this week to week, and even when you suffer a tough loss like that in the bad beat, it's got to create those bonds, right? Even week to week to week to week. I'm looking at App State. You play in the Sun Belt Conference, which is having an amazing year already, not just your team. Marshall is able to beat Notre Dame, Georgia Southern, stunned Nebraska. You've played for two schools in the ACC. If we have time, I'll double back to that. But you've played in the ACC. So how does the caliber of play in the Sun Belt compare to the Power Five conferences in Europe? opinion
2: yeah look it, we're in a transfer world now um, I'm a two-time transfer uh, the Sun Belt has has benefited greatly from you know getting power five guys uh, that you know just got knocked down the depth chart or you know want to be closer to home whatever it may be uh, App State has benefited um, and a lot of other schools Georgia Southern like you mentioned uh, now JMU Marshall in the in the conference this, this group can compete with, uh, with just about anybody in the country, um, and it doesn't get any easier from here as far as our schedule goes. So I feel like we have one of the most you know, competitive um, divisions in football, and um, it, it's exciting. It's cool. It, we, we get to play on TV, um, and a lot of people are tuning in and showing a lot of respect.
1: I'll tell you what's cool, and every time I see you guys on TV, I think about this. Now, to be fully transparent, Chase, I've never been to Boone, but every time I watch you guys on TV, I feel like jumping on a plane. For those who have never been or maybe never even seen Boone, North Carolina, how would you describe it? It's
2: pretty. Um, Sunsets are great. The weather's awesome Uh, until it gets about November. It gets really cold. But uh, other than that, it's... It's, it's a remarkable place. you got great people here, great football um, app in itself. The college, the campus has grown. Um, you know, it's only going to get bigger from here and uh, and grow. This this, this uh, stadium has transformed itself. We've got new facilities. Um, Doug Gillen, the AD, has done a tremendous job. Uh, Chancellor Everts, as well, with providing athletics and necessities that we need. Um you know, and it's only up from here. It's, uh, it's just a cool place and one that, that I, I highly suggest you check out, especially if you ski um, or, or love the river and go fishing.
1: I love the river. Listen, you already answered my question. I was going to ask when you had options, when you hit that portal, what made this the place to be? But you just answered that question. Chase, before you go, I mentioned also that your college career at Clemson was also a very good one in the sense that you spent three years there. Not only were you a part of a team that won the national title, but you earned your bachelor's degree in Parks, Recreation and Tourism Management. So how would you describe the Clemson experience and what was it like to play for Dabo Sweeney?
2: Right, yeah, the Clemson experience is is a lot different than, you know, my last, you know, the the second year here uh, at App State. Um, I was a young kid. I was 19 years old going into college. Um, You know, had to learn a lot uh, on the fly, Um, and I was in a great program and under a great leader, and uh, I got to learn from a lot of great people. Um, So that experience in itself, um, being on the mountaintops is wonderful winning a national championship, developing those relationships, and obviously getting my degree, were, um, you know, on my checklist. And then, obviously, I, I wanted to uh, have that opportunity to go play, lead my own team, um, and kind of lead my own legacy. I uh, left a legacy there at, at Clemson, and, you know, working on doing that here at App State.
1: No doubt. App State hosting James Madison Saturday. So let me ask you this. And listening to this conversation, I think it kind of answers what I'm about to ask you. But when you consider what this team's already gone through this year, the highs, the lows, you want to make sure that somehow, some way, you put all of that behind you and make sure you really are where your feet are. How do you make sure that you are completely locked in and dialed in for this next challenge, given everything that's happened already?
2: Yeah, that's great. Um, I use that a lot. Being great where my feet are, um, I think it's, it's valuable and, and apparent in, in life. And just you know, I've taken on a new role. Um, my leadership has changed. Um, I'm, I'm now looked at. You know, I'm a I'm leader of this team, and I've got to get guys on the same page, uh, week in and week out. Um, and that that's my number one goal. Whether that's You know, just my offensive guys and sharing that with defense um, or team meetings or or just players' meetings. Just, you know, hey, like this isn't anything new. This is, you know, we're used to this. Um, We're not surprised by it. Let's move on and uh, focus on the next game because, you know, the days are long uh, and the weeks and years are fast. And so it's definitely flown by. And before you know it, it'll be Saturday and um, we need to be prepared.
1: Chase, that is brilliant. The days are long, but the weeks and years are fast. That is a great, great line from a young guy. Listen, one last thought, quick follow. When when your feet hit the ground in the morning and you get vertical to what you just said, you're the leader, man. You're the face of that team right now or one of the few faces of that team right now. The second you get up, people are looking at you and they're taking your cue and they're watching you. Does it feel like a burden or do you like that? Do you embrace that?
2: No, honestly, I love it. Um, you know, I, early on in my career, you know, I felt like, you know, leaving Clemson, I had a lot of pressure on me to do the great things at Duke, and that was my goal, obviously, uh, was to continue, you know, what I left at Clemson and, and change, you know, Duke, and it just didn't work out that way. But um, I, I truly enjoy it. I'm, I'm the happiest I've been in a long time. Um, I got tons of gratitude and appreciation for the people around me, um, coaches, players, friends, family, um, and i obviously I'm a six year I'm I'm an older guy I'm the oldest guy on the team, um, so I've seen a lot of football and I've and I've learned to appreciate this last year so much more. Whether it's a win, loser, you know, or draw, um, or if I have a great game or a bad game, at the end of the day, um, it's just ball. And uh, my goal is to change a lot, you know, a lot of people's lives here and whoever I come in contact to. So. It's never a burden. Um, I appreciate that, and uh, you know I want to use it to my advantage.
1: What I'm hearing is you embrace everything, good and bad. That's the way to do it. He's the quarterback at App State, former quarterback for Clemson and Duke, leaving a legacy at App State, and so much work still ahead, and it continues against James Madison on Saturday. Chase, couldn't be more impressed. Great job, great interview, and really nice to have you on the show, Chase. Good luck.
2: Thank you, Jim. I really appreciate it. Let me share a little bit.
1: Let's get it going, starting with the social media. Straight cash, Romy. I have beef with the Reinvention Project. Since I started listening, I now have a sense of clarity, mindfulness, and attitude of gratitude. I found myself more patient and tolerant of people and situations. Would you please pause the Reinvention Project ASAP so I can return to the jaded, red-ass, grade-A beef supplier I once was? Thanks, Mark, in parts unknown. No, dude, you're better for it. This says, my beef is with short people in the grocery store who ask me to get something off the top shelf for them. I'm 6'6", six, six, but I don't ask you to get things off the bottom shelf for me. Well done, Mark. Hey, Rome. My neighbor takes a little, or takes little tiny baby steps when he weed-waxes lawn. So what should take 10 minutes takes this kook an hour. Pick up the pace, bitch. I'm about to come out and weed whack your face. Chad from Orlando at Mount Baker James. Quote My beef is with audiobook guy who loves to brag and tell as many people as possible about all the great books they're reading only to find out they're listening to audiobooks. Hey, bag, you're not a reader, you're a listener and a liar. And a reader. Rometown Buffet. My beef is with the person who says, where's my hug? After talking to someone, the victim usually feels bad and gives the hug. Upon contact, they are met with a non-deodorized armpits, the meat sweats, and if you're really lucky, a fart. Hey, Stinky, your next hug is with a loofah. Quit asking. V in the fee. Wore body soap. Rome, my beef is with people who say they have traffic. Actually, let me do this other one first. My beef is with people who listen to or watch things on their phone while in public without using headphones. Hey, buddy, no one needs to hear you blaring whatever garbage you're wasting your day with. Plug those headphones in or shut it down. Have some common decency. Mike. be in Minneapolis. I agree with him. I don't even let my kid do that in the house. Hello, Jim. My beef is with other cities saying they have traffic. Try the 405 freeway in either direction to or from the San Fernando Valley to Orange County. Your traffic is the minors. L.A. traffic is standing in the box facing Nolan Ryan on the bump. Ron in Santa Monica. He's right. It's been years since we moved to Orange County, and one of the reasons we moved to Orange County is exactly what he's talking about. But back in the day, the 101-405 interchange was the nastiest place in the history of the world. The only thing that comes close is New York City. And I grew up in Los Angeles, and I've been to New York dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Comparable. Rome. My beef is with bow ties. Unless you're wearing a tux... You're a college professor who was born at least a decade before World War II. Or your name is Ken Rosenthal. A bow tie looks ridiculous. It means you're trying to be eccentric, and it makes you an attention-starved bag. Tom in Virginia, I'd make one exception. The guy who started the so-called bow tie revolution. Dahani Jones. Dahani looks good. Dahani always looks good. Bruce Bowen can pull it off. But for the most part, I agree. Hey, Rome, my beef is with my girlfriend, always saying, let's watch a movie and then proceeding to fall asleep on the couch within 15 minutes of the movie starting. The next day, we end up re-watching the parts of the movie I've already seen, and then she falls asleep again during the rewatch. The cycle inevitably continues over the course of several days until I've been stuck watching and rewatching the same 20 minutes of a freaking 90-minute movie for two weeks. Eric in L.A., that does seem plausible. I could see where that would happen. That's not a commentary on Dodger Jano, but I could see where that would happen. She actually might say that about me. Hey, Romy, my beef is with the pig. See? JT. Pig that sat next to me on the bus today and immediately dove into his breakfast of Skittles, chocolate bars, and Red Bull. All gobbled down with his mouth wide open. I don't want to be that guy. But in my day, we ate a proper meal in the morning, and we chewed with our mouths closed. Perhaps my beef is actually with this pig's parents for not teaching him manners. Craig in Calgary. Why is it always Ritz parents' fault? Mmm. Mmm. Skittles for breakfast. Mmm. Mmm. Chocolate bars. Mmm. Mm. Red Bull. Mmm. No mm. hair. Hey, Rome. My filet mignon is with dudes that come out to receive their packages from me only to ask what the hell their wife ordered now with a big eye roll. Hey, D-bag, your wife is supposed to be your better half. You're supposed to be a damn team. Talking down about your wife only makes you look like garbage. garbage. Jasper, Northwoods, Maine. Jim, my beef is with people who constantly sniff. They're always directly behind me in line, in the seat next to me, or in the booth behind me, sniffing in my ear. Slider. Come on, go to the bathroom, take care of that. Slider. Best, you stink. Slider. Best regards, BZ in Pensacola. Romy, my beef is with the old woman who lives down the road who won't stop feeding the pigeons. She's outside every morning with her bird food, and by the afternoon, there is bird crap all over my car. To make matters worse, there's a sign on the street that clearly states, do not feed the pigeons. Maybe this old hag can't read. Nick in New York, I feel you. I feel you. Hey Jim, my beef is with the jerks that keep finding new and improved ways to make plastic coverings and containers harder and harder to open. I actually need to borrow a pair of scissors to free my new scissors from its packaging on Saturday. It's just a matter of time before I have to bust out the air chisel and power saw to open up a package of batteries. That's original and that's true. Mike and La Quinta. Rum Slice. My beef is with myself. I grew up with animals. I judged the hell out of the baby talk to their dogs people, but damn it, here I am. And when that mini Australian shepherd looks in my eyes, I become an instant tool. Unwarn myself. Drew in Portland. I hate to sell out Dodger Jano, but I've been having this conversation with her too, the way she talks to the cats. And you know me, I love the cats. And by the way, oh, Sapphire nearly died. Not only that, Cody nearly killed Sapphire, Literally. Like, put him in the little vet hospital. There's a whole story behind that. But I've been telling Dodger Jano, you're starting to sound like Crazy Cat Lady. Can you not, can you stop talking to them like that? They don't get it. They don't understand it. I mean, I love those cats as much as you do, but I don't talk to them like that. Knock it off. No, seriously. Cody the Ragdoll legend, my boy, my best friend, nearly killed Sapphire. I mean, I thought, I thought he was dead. I, not dead, but he was dying before my eyes, like I had prepared myself. He bounced back, though, like a legend. I'll tell you that story later on. Romy, my beef is with my wife. Whenever our three-year-old pitches a fit, she hands him her iPhone to keep him entertained. Oh, great idea, sweetheart. When the child is enraged, hand him over a $1,000 miniature device without a case and let him carry it around on a tile floor. What could go wrong? It's a good point, Geoff and Lincoln. And not only that, the kid's going to get whatever he wants by throwing the tantrum and then throw your $1,000 device. You're right. Of course, you're more worried about the phone than the kid, but okay. And what you're teaching the kid. Jimmers, I've got beef with dorks that gargle Listerine. Look, pylons, I'd rather smell post coital morning Jagermeister breath than that green bottle of decomposing hooker juice. What? Jeffrey Dahmer doesn't want any of that. Abby and Dahmer Diego. Abby. I I cannot. Abby, no words. I'm a wordsmith, not a damn word, Abby. Abby, how long did it take you to compose that? Have you been working on that three-sentence beef since last week? That is insane. If you had said to me, hey, Rome, you got a week, top that. You don't even have to work. You could take every show and every podcast off and go 24 hours a day, and then come back a week later and top what she wrote. I couldn't, nor do I think I'd want to. Damn, Abigail. Let's go to the calls. Wow. Tustin Ranch. I like it. That's not far from where we are. Dave in Tustin Ranch. What's going on, Dave? What's your beef?
0: me, what's going on,
2: buddy? Okay, so this is definitely in market. I don't know if it's on topic, but hey, Irvine Company, they're called Apartments, all right? They're not apartment homes. They're called apartment homes by you jackasses so that you can rent a, charge three times the rent that they're actually worth. Great job. And on the topic of DoorDash and those houses, hey, DoorDash recipient, give me a gate code or you know who's eating PF chanks tonight? Me and my girlfriend. Lastly, Total Wine, do me a favor. Stop putting a two-drink max on Pliny the
0: Elder. God, I hate that. Late.
1: My man, rack him. Dude, he just hit everything that I know. The Irvine Company is just a behemoth. They own everything. Everywhere I go is owned by the Irvine Company. They own my house. They own own everything. Total Wine is where I get my 42, my 1942. Good place. Nice job, bro. Really well done. Tustin Ranch representing. Let's go to Florida, Bergie. Rack that, Alvin. Rarely do we get a phone call that we rack off a beef. Bergie in Florida. Bergie, what is your beef?
2: Romy, my beef is with that flea-ridden pooch, Paul's dog. I mean, what happened? Did the dog catcher get that mud after the smack-off? I want to know what's going on there. Also, war that you can't spell grit without writ. I'm out.
1: (laughs) It's a bad war, but it's a fair question about the dog. Where is the dog? Where is the dog? We have not seen that dog. We have not heard from the dog. Dog's got a tail between its legs somewhere. We have not seen the dog. 1-800-636-8686. 1 800 636 8686. Let's go to Boise, Ty. In Boise, Ty, what's your beef? Hey,
2: Romy, my beef is the wasp. Uh, this devil spawn's only purpose in life is to uh, decimate bee population and attack me uh, while I'm mowing the lawn. I wish I could take a magnifying glass to every one of these little mother pleepers and wore Abby having one of the best beefs I've heard in a long time.
1: I'm out. You're right, dude. You're right on both counts. That Even for Abby, that, that beef, that's not the best beef in a long time. That is the most wild beef in the history of beefs. That is an insane thing that she sent. Insane. I agree. When I think of wasps, I always think about this. I had a mailbox that back in the day... When I bought my first house, I would go directly into the mailbox. It was like a slot. It wasn't a door that opened back. It was a slot. Rather than take my key out and put it in the back and open the backside, I would reach into the slot. One day, there was a number of wasps that were in the mailbox that I couldn't see because I reached into the slot. They had a nice little uh, surprise for me. I emptied a can of Raid on those bitches. It was searing pain. It was bad. So I agree with you. How about one more, Tommy? Let's go to Richard Baton Rouge. Richard, what's your beef?
0: Romy, my beef is with professional broadcasters, especially local sportscasters who say, uh, uh, and um, to connect their thoughts. My word, man, you work in a medium of words. Use them. You know why they call it a medium? Because it's rarely well done. Prepare for your show like Jim Rome. Express yourself. You have a wonderful gig. Don't make us listen to your thoughtless guttural
1: utterances. (laughs) Nice job. Non-fluencies, right, Richard? Sorry to jump in on you, but we're out of time. That beef segment flew right by and extremely well done.